Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1608. An excerpt from the book, The Survival Paradox, Reversing the Hidden Cause of Aging and Chronic Disease by Isaac Elias, and I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, welcome to a middle-of-the-week edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I act as your narrator of the best health and fitness blogs, all for free. And then don't forget, on Fridays, I answer your questions right here on the show. Now, it is the middle of the week. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for a little bit of inspiration. Quote, one of the best lessons you can learn in life is to surmount a fear every day. It will make you stronger and happier. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Okay, today, I'm actually reading to you an adaptation from a book. I'll tell you all about the author right after the reading, but for now, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. An excerpt from the book, The Survival Paradox, Reversing the Hidden Cause of Aging and Chronic Disease by Isaac Elias. Does the body's survival mode help or hurt us? As an integrative physician who treats cancer, I frequently meet with patients experiencing a gauntlet of mental and emotional sensations, fear, stress, anxiety, and frustration. These feelings take a toll, and as a physician, I'm not only looking at the emotional impact, but the physical effects as well. Consider one patient, Rebecca, who first came to see me in 2011. She was 70 years old with stage 4 lung cancer that had metastasized to her bones. She had no family and lived alone. Based on what the oncologist said, she understood that her life could come to an end very soon. I don't want to die, she said. I'm not ready to go. Every cell in her body was reeling with anxiety and fear. Her restlessness was palpable in the air, restlessness that could, over time, fuel disease processes and inhibit healing. Fear-based emotions trigger the body's fight-or-flight response which prioritizes survival at all costs. In turn, this response releases hormones that can hurt the body's ability to combat disease. Counterintuitively, the body's survival mode actually lowers our chance of survival rather than increasing it. What is survival mode? When Rebecca came to my office, I wondered how her fear was affecting her. She had a fierce determination to survive, but would this fear-based motivation help her overcome her disease? Or would it cause her to become sicker and shorten her life? Her anxiety was so prominent that it infused her surroundings, affecting her ability to take a deep breath. It was constant suffering, 
and it was clear she was in survival mode. Being in survival mode meant that her sympathetic nervous system hormones, the drivers of her innate biochemical response patterns, were dialed all the way up. Her immune response was being suppressed, and her metabolic function was altered. Ultimately, it meant that many of the compounds she excreted in an effort to survive would very likely nourish her cancer and allow it to grow and survive as well. Survival mode is often a state of stress and panic. The body feels rushed and doesn't slow down, and all cells, whether normal or cancerous, fight harder to survive. Thus, Rebecca's anxiety and fear of dying could feed the cancerous cells. Her best chance at beating the cancer and living a longer life was to shift away from survival mode and move into a state of greater relaxation with less reactivity on the cellular, emotional, and psychological levels. The survival paradox hurts our ability to heal. Based on research and my years of work with patients, one thing has become clear. When facing a life-threatening or debilitating illness, our innate fight-or-flight mechanisms are fundamentally at odds with our ability to heal and thrive. Although we can thank our survival response for making sure our species is still on the planet, such durability comes at a cost. Where does the body get the energy to launch a fight-or-flight response? After the danger has passed, where did the chemicals and proteins we created go? What happens if the response never turns off? All survival mechanisms take a toll. That is the survival paradox. In trying to keep us alive, the body can, in fact, limit our ability to fight illness. In an era when we tend to look for quick fixes and symptom suppressors, we're really just suppressing our healing capacity. Returning to our example of Rebecca, what she needed above all else was to lower her fear and anxiety and thus slow the sympathetic nervous system response. But she couldn't. It was as though her house was burning down and she couldn't take a deep breath in the midst of what appeared to be a life-threatening situation. When we experience a sense of restlessness, not feeling safe, or not trusting our environment and community, it can all translate all the way down to the cellular level, forming a deeper mind-body connection. Our survival mode is killing us, so what can we do about it? The good news is, we can do a lot. It starts with calming the fight-or-flight response and strengthening our mind-body connection. As experts like Bruce Lipton, Deepak Chopra, and many others have written about and what the yogis and mystics have been saying for millennia, the mind can influence the body to heal spontaneously and completely. When we feel unsafe and believe we need to survive on our own, it changes the metabolism and function of our cells. They receive signals from their environment that there is a lack of oxygen. The formal term for lack of oxygen is hypoxia, and the hypoxic cell can't breathe or naturally relax. To begin the healing process, we need to move a hypoxic cell to a place where it feels it can breathe, create a normal metabolism, and return to normal mitochondrial function. To do this, the cell and the person must shift away from a state of survival toward a state of relaxation. The person as a whole must experience safety and balance all the way to the cellular level. In other words, the survival alarm has to be turned off. This is how Rebecca and I addressed her cancer. We worked directly on her biochemistry. We didn't just circumvent her fear and anxiety. We transformed it. We used certain natural compounds to quiet the alarm system, 
normalize the cell, and fight the cancer. We combine those compounds with meditation, breathing exercises, and other healing therapies. Most importantly, we surrounded her with unconditional love and affection, a sense of community, and an environment that held her without judgment. We created a world where she felt safe and loved. Treat the mind to treat the body. The body wants to survive, but its efforts aren't always productive. The hormones and biochemical compounds released in survival mode can actually interfere with our normal ability to heal. When that happens, we want to address our minds as well as treat our bodies. We can achieve a stronger mind-body connection through practices like meditation and deep breathing. We can also calm the body's stress response by building a support system of people and places that make us feel safe. By creating an environment, both internal and external, that encourages relaxation and balance, we can not only avoid many of the harmful effects of the body's survival mode, but also tap into our innate healing potential. You just listened to an excerpt from the book, The Survival Paradox, Reversing the Hidden Cause of Aging and Chronic Disease by Isaac Elias. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And thank you to Dr. Elias. Isaac Elias is a recognized expert in the field of integrative medicine focusing on cancer and complex conditions. He's a respected clinician, researcher, author, educator, and mind-body practitioner. Dr. Elias partners with leading research institutes, including Harvard, National Institutes of Health, and Columbia, to co-author scientific studies on today's most serious conditions. He has spent decades studying meditation with an emphasis on healing and deepening the mind-body connection, and is the founder and medical director of Amitabha Medical Clinic and Healing Center in Santa Rosa, California and you can find his book, The Survival Paradox, on Amazon. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I've learned from my experience that my chronic disease flares up whenever I start to let my stress get the best of me. This is like my body going into fight or flight and staying in fight or flight. Having observed my patterns for over 20 years, that's how long I've had this disease, and when my flare-ups tend to happen, a stressful situation, or more often, stressful situations, plural, usually was the trigger. And in fact, published studies seem to support this stress-triggering-a-flare-up connection too. The thing about managing our stress is, like any other behavior, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes consistency. What that means is we have to have 
these go-to stress reduction techniques so that when we begin feeling overwhelmed, we can quickly turn to these techniques. For me, performing relaxation yoga is the most effective. Being mostly at home during the pandemic, I was able to use relaxation yoga whenever I felt stressed. I've also found that listening to Christmas music works for me too, even if it's not the holidays. So it's important to find your go-to relaxation behaviors. Now make sure at least one of them can be performed easily with no special equipment. That way, it's available almost any time you need it. And remember, by reducing that stress response, we're pushing our bodies out of fight or flight and into safety mode, which in turn will help our body naturally heal. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for being here every day. Thank you for sharing this show. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far, and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.